0: I routinely ask classes, what comes before, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And I think that simplifies it so much. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances.
1: You may remember, as a way to commemorate 40 years since the publication of the book Celebration of Discipline, we've spent the last year working on a different discipline each month and we've now reached the end, the discipline of celebration. Now one sure sign we're moving in the right direction with spiritual disciplines is that they naturally lead us to joy and celebration. While certainly spiritual practices can be difficult and even painful, it does seem that God often uses them to reveal all sorts of junk in our hearts. But if we see them just as a struggle, a difficult drudgery that seems so often associated with spiritual disciplines, well, I think that's a myth. The end result for me always seems to be a deep-seated sense of joy and celebration. Now, of course, celebration is in and of itself a spiritual practice. And remembering a few years back, I was going to spend the afternoon with my son. I don't know, I suspect he was probably six. I asked him what he wanted to do. And see, I had my list, the usual things we could do, like go to the park or the library, maybe watch a movie. He said, oh no, dad, let's just play. Right, so would you like to go for a bike ride? Again, he responded, No, let's just play. We went back and forth after a while of me listing things we could do and him just saying he wanted to play. Finally, I, I made my confession. Kai, I don't know how to play. He asked, Why not? After a while, I said something to the effect that I don't know. Adults, they seem to forget how to play. I kid you not, there was a tear in his eye. He said to me, Daddy, I don't wanna forget how to play. This week, I wanted to bring back the chair of Dallas Willard Ministries, author and speaker, Jan Johnson. Here's the thing about Jan, I think she's someone who genuinely seeks after the practice of celebration. When you're around her, her presence sort of naturally invites you to join in. I'm delighted to share with you the following conversation. But before we begin, I want to mention a class Jan is running that many of you have already taken a part in. It's an eight week online course with teaching and exercises and discussion something you can do by yourself or with a small group. It's titled Meeting God in Scripture. You can find out more information on the website meetinggodinscripture.teachable.com. That's meetinggodinscripture.teachable.com. My name is Nathan Foster and welcome to the Renovare podcast. Did I just hear that I might have been an impetus? Is that the right word? Behind the next Jan Johnson book.
0: Is is that what you need to hear, my dear? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it certainly would make me, you know, feel good. <laughs> it started by me saying, yes. Hey, you want to do a podcast on celebration?
0: Yes, and I just did a mild prep. And I pulled out this stuff that I just did for my class on the sacramental life. But I've been studying Carpe Diem. Craig Bartholomew has this great commentary on Ecclesiastes where he debunks our whole attitude towards the book. And it really, really has helped me. I I have learned to live in the moment. Mm. I have got to do that. Because the past makes me weep. In the future, I had no idea.
1: Celebration happens
0: in the moment. In this present moment.
1: Okay. Help help us understand what exactly is the discipline of celebration. How do we do it? And why do I fight it so much, Jan? All that stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really good. I just happened to have read a quote from Tim Hansel where he says that we can choose joy or pain. You can't avoid pain, but many people try to avoid joy.
1: Hmm. You can choose pain or joy. Many people
0: try can't to... avoid the pain. Yeah, because he was in a lot of physical pain. But it, just the way he said, people avoid joy, and I looked at that and I went, "That's really true." Because you look at you look at the scripture and. N.T. Wright takes Philippians 4.4 and translates it, celebrate in the Lord always. Again, I say celebrate. Mm -hmm. Um, Celebrate with me, I have found my lost sheep, over and over and over. All the You know, the three lost parables, they all end with parties. And then you've got the kingdom is going to be the feast with everybody from east to west is going to come together over and over. The kingdom metaphor is feasting, which... I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, <laughs> so that idea to rejoice, to have um, joy, the, those three wonderful little commands in a row and for Thessalonians, um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And then the line that comes after it says, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Hmm. I routinely ask classes, what comes before, this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And I think that simplifies it so much. The will of God for me today, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Hmm. But I make it really complicated. <laughs> so I like the simple approach. All those New Testament passages that say that, they're echoing what is in Ecclesiastes. You know, all those they, those, um, we talk about how it's, it's all meaningless and vanity of vanities. And this one scholar, Craig Bartholomew, talks about how really the the preacher who wrote the ostensibly wrote Ecclesiastes gives us a choice. You can choose vanity of vanities, meaningless, or you can choose to seize the day. That that um, Latin phrase, carpe diem. And over and over, enjoy your labor and your toil. Enjoy your eating and your drinking. And it really emphasizes the importance of sustaining joy, even in the middle of sadness. He has about six passages in Ecclesiastes that are what he calls the Carpe diem passages. And a few of them come right after a lot of sadness. And so, in the midst of sadness, seize the day carpe diem and and that has really been an inspiration to me and especially in your toil so that the message uh, ecclesiastes 9 7 through 9 is it's almost funny seize life eat bread with gusto drink wine with a robust heart oh yes god takes pleasure in your pleasure and it just goes on and on each day is god's gift and I, I think that is what um, we've been missing in that book because it really is all there, but we, we have a choice we can choose to rejoice always pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, or I can choose to be crabby.
1: <laughs> yeah. How, how do we move into seizing the day?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of things. One is is that living in the moment, noticing everything that's around you today, because we live in the past or we live in the future. And when you think about it, neither one of those is reality right now. Mm-hmm. The past is really over with. And plus, the spin I put on it may have very little to do with reality. You know, <laughs> I remember it. It may be different from the way it really was, but we still have that as it was. And so, in this moment, life is really good. I do, I have a little game that I play. Um, When I come home from a workout, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm really beat. And I seem to fall into the temptation to think crabby thoughts. So, as I drive home, because it's crosstown from the gym, I play the game favorite tree. And I just look for my favorite tree along the route. And I have found two trees that have bright pink leaves and they are enormous. And now it's wintertime and I can't wait till those leaves come out. I watch for them every time. And now I pick new favorite evergreens, just because I want to notice what's around me. I I live in a very beautiful place, even though it's an irrigated desert, (laughs) but, I live in a beautiful place and I want to really, I want to seize the day. So I think that's one thing, living in the present moment. And I think gratitude is an enormous thing to be able to be grateful. I make a gratitude list before I go to bed every night. And sometimes I'll be talking to someone. Well, in fact, right here, you and I doing this podcast, this will go on the list because this is great fun. Mm. And we get to talk about what it means to have great fun in God. Yeah. And I try to put every little thing on the the gratitude list. Like not only only like, oh, let's see, I have a Zoom meeting with a class. Not only that, you know, I had the Zoom meeting, but the responses of certain people and how tuned in they were and how we were able to draw the quiet people out. I try to think of every little thing that I can. And I have kind of like a... (laughs) A checklist, if like I'm really not so happy, just to go over that, just to help me remember what was really helpful. Do you what do was really what? good today?
1: Do you do a gratitude list every day?
0: Just about every day, yeah.
1: How does that differ from, or does it from, kind of self help, being positive? How does God enter into the gratitude list?
0: Well, it's really a version of the examine of consciousness because what I'm doing is I'm thanking God in the middle of it. And you know, that's one thing I haven't really said. The The commands in scripture talk about celebrating God, and even Ecclesiastes talks about that. And I've been thinking about that a lot lately, because there's a passage, Luke 10, 20, I think, in the Disciples have just cast out demons, done great healings, and they come back and go, whoa, we're so cool, um, or at least cool things happen. And Jesus says, don't rejoice in those things. Rejoice the way the wording falls together in most versions is the rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And I think the idea there is not rejoice because you're going to go to heaven when you die, although that's worth rejoicing about, but you have the presence of God you, you, you have that heavenly presence right now in your life. And so we're rejoicing in God. And that's what the Philippians 4.4 celebrate in the Lord. And that I have the companionship of God. I never have to be lonely. I never have to think that just because someone rejected me, that means I am rejected. And I, I don't have to rejoice in being accepted either, wondering, am I a hit? Um, I can rejoice in God and that God is with me today, and isn't that great?
1: And that's part of making that list, whether mentally you're yeah. writing it down, is kind of something you're doing with God.
0: Yeah, in fact, there's some wink-winks going on. Like, I saw what you did there. Yeah, you know, I ran into that girl on my walk. I'd have been two minutes faster out of Mister, and what a conversation we had! I see what you're doing, mm-hmm. sort of sitting on the park bench with Jesus.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, can I? Can I? <laughs> I'm so not used to. <laughs> you're the boss, applesauce. I try so hard to just, you know, ask questions and listen, but this happens with you where I I want to talk about Go! stuff, but okay. So, and I actually think I've told you about this before where I had this little season of kind of, Nate, don't you focus on what works? Why don't you you know, spend some time with things that are positive. And it wasn't quite like a gratitude list because they weren't necessarily things I'm grateful for, just things that are working well, things that are positive, right? Yes. And so this became a practice for uh, me and God to work with. And sometimes I'd bring others into it. You know, I'd say to family, like, hey, what's positive going? I need to, you know, and we'd work through it. But the thing I figured out pretty quickly is that, um it was about living in reality. Yes. It wasn't about making roses. It was just like, let's be honest, there's some really good things. There's some things that aren't so good. But it felt like reality, if, which is kind of nice to, to think about. I, I don't know. So. Is that celebration? Does that count? Can I check this discipline off
0: the list? Yes. You can check it off. Yes. <laughs> See?
1: What are other ways we can practice this discipline?
0: Well, this is something I'm just beginning to think more about as a spiritual discipline. But I think probably play is a spiritual discipline. And playfulness, being able to deal with the unexpected, being able to um, enjoy being with people and, and, and not, not exactly knowing what's going to happen. Um, I remember at an event we played, we had a rock, paper, scissors showdown. And this was to illustrate the discipline of play. And so what we had to do is everybody got in twos and whoever won had to play another winner. But me as the loser, I had to go and cheer for the person who beat me. And I had to cheer real, no, it was great because then I got all excited and it was ferocious cheering basically against this other guy, you know? Mm. Because I wanted my guy to win. And I mean, we got all the way down, there was a group of 40, we got all the way down to one and one shit hearted, it was wild. And I thought back though, what you just said is right when you said, whoa, I was celebrating someone who just beat me. There's a lot of that being able to, bless your enemy that can occur in playfulness. And I know that when someone, you know, gives me a hard time, if I can just be somewhat playful in the midst of it, it it kind of amps down the tension and it brings a smile to our faces and we, it, it just works better. So here's, here's the way I'm, I'm, I'm thinking my friend told me this story. There were some huskies that were chained and they were getting prepped for a, you know, to take some folks for a ride and a polar bear came up. Well, the polar bear, oh, was looking at his lunch because (laughs) these huskies are chained up and there was a guy standing by watching because he was very afraid of what was going to happen to the huskies. And, and as he watched he was fascinated because the Huskies began looking at the polar bear and instead of growling and, or being afraid and being aggressive, they started getting down on their haunches and playing and wagging their tails and, and acting like, you know, Oh, you're so cute and coming after that polar bear. And, and then, and then they would like pretend like they were kind of fighting with each other because they wanted his attention. And, and so then the polar bear began doing the same thing thing the polar bear began being well, frolicking with the dogs instead of eating them and it became a tradition the same bol- polar bear would return each year to play with these huskies now think about that is that blessing your enemies or what
1: <laughs> rather than eating
0: yes <laughs> and i just i loved it and and this is how my friend put it he said what if we wag our tail? What if we say, guess what happens next? And then he said, levity creates joy and joy makes us stronger. That's my friend, Matt Johnson. And, you know, sometimes I do that, but just hearing him talk about it that day made me think, you know, I could just do this more often and I could bless my enemy rather than thinking, well, how come he said that? Right. Or how come he ignored me? I could just be, I could be playful. You're putting two
1: really difficult things together play and blessing enemies. <laughs> I, I like the marriage of that. How do you play?
0: Well, one of the things I do is I like to sing silly songs from Girl Scouts, you know, like when I was like probably eight through 15 or whatever. And I like, I really like to, there's there's a lot of really weird ones. I thought that's how the POW survived. You think about John McCain, he was seven years, I think, in prison. Mm-hmm. And he was chained up a lot of that time. You know, you just go through your head and sing all the silly songs you could remember. And then I like to kind of talk to God about them and go, where did they get that? A lot of people, I think, talk to their dog. Oh, my goodness. And a lot of people, I think that's why people really love grandchildren. Because um, they can play. Yes. Like, right now, the I've cleared out the center of my room, and there's a rug uh, of my living room because the rug is where I play with this four-year-old and one-year-old, and that's their domain. So, there's that. I think joyful body movement is really important. I've been taking line dancing lessons, and, and um, <laughs> it works better if the teacher wants you to have fun. I, in my Zumba class yesterday, I had a new teacher, and she said, the first rule in this class is that we're going to have fun. And I went, oh, good, because <laughs> my dancing is pathetic.
1: <laughs> why, why do we have this idea that, you know, holiness or being pious excludes laughter, play, celebration?
0: I don't know. I remember a friend of mine who worked at Church on the Way said that Jack Hayford said that every person that he knew who knew God deeply was also a very fun person. And I thought, really? <laughs> just thought that was very interesting. Your dad has that dry sense of humor, yeah. <laughs> and Dallas used to roll out these things that would get the students laughing, and he just went on, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I my experience has been people who, who who seem to have a deep relationship with God in a way that is, is kind of inspiring. Or I go, oh yeah, like like. Yeah. I, I want to kind of be like that. They're always fun people, laugh, easy to be around. But but that just seems so countercultural in, in the sense to say that uh, a person who's close to God is going to be, you know, laugh and have fun.
0: You know what you just said is, I think, very important, easy to be around, because I think part of what happens in playfulness and in celebration is that we don't take ourselves so seriously. Yeah. I I want to take God very seriously, but I can't take myself very seriously. Um, In your book, um, The Ordinary Saint, The Making of an Ordinary Saint you talk in the in the celebration chapter about receiving the reward, and it's like okay, <laughs> you know. I mean, this wasn't something that you were going, and and by the time you got it, you didn't want it anymore. <laughs> oh, think, the award! Is that what you said? Yeah, the award um, oh. at the university, mm-hmm. and I thought about that, and and that has been. I, I get that, you know. You're dying for a certain award, and by the time they finally give it to you, you're like, what? Um, and I think that not taking myself so seriously, not feeling so self-important,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not being self-referenced. Everything's about me. That is the way
1: of life with God, isn't it? Yes. I mean, the the as the years go by, it, it seems I'm always moving towards a place of laughing at myself in a good way, not a, you know, yeah. condemnation way, but that's so freeing. How nice that that happens to be something Jesus invites us into.
0: I like yeah, that. Guess what? I'm not perfect. And I'm not worried about it anymore. Yeah. And you know, when, when Jesus says, and it's translated in the King James as, be ye therefore perfect, that, that a better translation would really be fully functional because it's teleos, it's complete. So be ye mature, grow up. And part of growing up is to figure out that you know what you think about with your second kid. You're so much more relaxed than the first kid. The first kid, oh my gosh, you try to make them perfect. The whole thing, it's terrible. Um, and then you don't take yourself so seriously. You get oh, okay, you know, yeah, the sky doesn't fall. if, you know, they aren't, and so and so's glass.
1: I heard a good story of a kid at. Uh, summer camp, who was asked to pray. And at the end of the prayer, the kid said, uh, in your name we play. Amen. I I I don't think he meant to say play. Probably was thinking about what was coming next in the day. But isn't that a nice statement? In your name we play.
0: And if we play in his name, we're doing it in the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, in the power of Jesus, we're probably going to encourage someone. And we're probably going to be able to bless someone in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And do it in such a way that they'll walk away and they won't think, oh, Jen, really bless me. (laughs) 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 They'll just think, it is good to be me under the... Under God's sun, under the the light of God, it's good to be me. Yeah. Which is how we learn to reach out to others because it's okay to be me. What was that? Is it a Dallas quote about
1: God being the most joyous being?
0: Yes, that's in Divine Conspiracy.
1: Is it in all the universe or something? Is that the.
0: Yes. And he talks about being at um, Port Elizabeth, South Africa, and coming over the crest and seeing the vast expanse of ocean and thinking, how happy God must be. God gets to see this all of the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, as as you know, this is a discipline that, for some reason or other, I've struggled with, and I don't quite know why, but... One of the things that that I've done the last year or two is, I don't know how to celebrate, but I'll say it. It's like I'll pause and I'll go, I just want to pause and celebrate blank, right? Mm -hmm. And, And it isn't that I'm doing anything other than just taking a moment to be grateful, I guess, and, you know, I'm just saying I'm going to celebrate, but it seems to have been really, really helpful to just take those moments and say, I want today to celebrate this person in my life or the fact that the sun is shining.
0: And you know, when you say that, it reminds me, um, N.T. Wright says this really surprising thing in Philippians 4, right after Philippians 4, it says after, celebrate in the Lord always, let your gentleness be made known to all. And he made this point that, you know, celebration doesn't have to be loud and noisy. He said, notice how those sentences go together. Let your gentleness be known to all. So we can be joyful and gentle. You know, especially as we replace our anxiety with fear. And then as you go through the passage and have the thought patterns of what is true, holy, just, and pure and all that. But I thought that was really good, too. Because there's a place for celebration that is fully embodied, just like in, in in prayer to be able to, in the Psalms, it'll talk about your hands and your face and your lips and your, you know, all that. And then there's also a place to celebrate and be very quiet. I'm thinking of sitting in front of a candle, especially, or by a fireplace.
1: That can be a, a sort of yes. celebration.
0: A, a gratitude Um a, being glad with God,
1: yeah. Being glad with God, enjoying what is before us, right. Not, not we're not self-absorbed or worrying about what we have or don't have. Just
0: here it right. Is. It is good just to be with God in the middle of all of this. I am blessed.
1: This is good, Jan. Are you really going to write a book on Celebration?
0: I have no idea, but I just got so um, (laughs) jazzed the more I thought, well, I'm going to be a good girl and do some little prep here, you know, and then the more I did, I went, this is great stuff.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I hope you do write that book. And then you come back and we'll talk about the book, huh?
0: Oh, and then, then I should have like a whole bunch of practices figured out. But, you know, this is really, this this is really, I think the way Jesus lived. Because he was in touch with reality. The message version of um, the verse right after Seek Ye First is pay attention to what God is doing right now. And I think that's, Jesus would have said that that idea.
1: And I think that's how he lived. Yeah. And that's kind of seize the day, carpe diem kind of.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: The yeah. moment. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a thing, right? In popular culture to live in the moment. And it's interesting to think that um, Jesus is a good place to start for
0: what that might look like. It is. It is. I think it is sort of in the culture but you know the culture is always telling you to build your future self promote for the future and and all that kind of stuff and yeah and how to work through your past and and I mean it's not that those things those things in a certain frame are good ideas but we need to live in the present moment and realize this present moment is reality
1: well there you have it Jan has written many, many books, most recently, Finding God in Scripture, A Hands-On Guide to Lexio Divina, and Abundant Simplicity, Discovering the Unhurried Rhythms of Grace. As always, thanks for listening, and have a great week.